I will restore to you the wasted years. Now, there are things before we pray again. There are things that are a bit, when you look at it, it is a bit tricky. I will restore to you the wasted years. That is Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Let me first read that verse. It says, So I will restore to you that the swarming locusts, what the swarming, sorry, I will, so I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locusts, the consuming locusts, and the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. But the topic for this night is I will restore to you the wasted years. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Let us pray again. Father, we thank you for this night. We ask a blessing over it. We pray for open heavens. God will take you by your word that you will restore to us what the locusts have eaten. The wasted years. Some of the years wasted because of our own, own, own ignorance. The wasted years because of idolatry. The wasted years because of unbelief. The wasted years because of jealous of other people against us. The wasted years because of personal foolishness. I thank you, Lord, that all that you are restoring it this night. And we thank you, Lord, because it is a miraculous intervention. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we are talking about, I will restore to you the, the wasted years. Now let us first look at the context and how the, the structure of the book of Joel. The book of Joel is one of the complicated books to know which year Joel prophesied. Why? Because the book of Joel does not give us the timing in terms of which king was ruling at the time. For example, most of the books, when you read the Bible, the prophet, they say, this prophet prophesied under this king and this king and this king. But Joel chapter 1 verse 1 says, the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of, of, of Paswell. That's all. That's all that we have. So, we can't, we can't tell which year was that or under which king, but there are things we need to look at. You hear verse 1, because for us to understand why there is a need for restoration, we need to look at what is going on in the book itself. Verse, verse 2 of Joel chapter 1 says, Hear this, you elders, and give ear you, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened, happened in your days? even in the days of your fathers. Tell your children about it. Let children tell their children and their children another generation. So verse 3, I'm in Joel chapter 1, and we are trying to get the shape of the book. It's, verse 3 says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust has left, the consuming locust has eaten. And because everything is eaten, 
to get an example of how locusts can eat and leave nothing, let us cross-check with Exodus. We are still looking at the structure of the book and to get a picture of how the locusts in actual sense invade and consume everything, let us go to Exodus chapter 10. That's where we have the plague of locusts. Exodus chapter 10, I'm reading from verse 1. Now the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show my, these signs of mine before him, that you may tell in the hearing of your son, and your son's son the mighty things I have done in Egypt, my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came into Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that, I may, that they may serve me. Or else, if you refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory, and they shall cover the face of the earth, so that no one will be able to see the earth and they will eat the residue of what is left, which remains, to, which remains to you from the hail, and they shall eat every tree which grows up for you out of the field. They shall fill your houses, the houses of your servants, the houses of the Egyptians, which neither your fathers nor, nor your, which neither your fathers, fa fathers have seen, since the day that you were on the earth to this day. And he returned and went from Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh's servant said to him, How long shall this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord. Do you not yet know that the Egypt is destroyed? Moses and Aaron were brought to Pharaoh, against Pharaoh. He said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God, who are the ones that are going? Moses, we will go with our young ones, our old, with sons and our daughters. With our frocks and our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast, a feast to the Lord. Then, then, they say, then he said, the Lord had better be with you when I let you go. You are little ones, go, be aware, for evil is ahead of you. So, not so, go now. So you, so who are men, serve the Lord for what is what you desired. And they, they were driven out from the Pharaoh. Then Moses said, then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over all the land of Egypt for the locusts, that they may come upon the land of Egypt, eat every herb of the field, all the, that is left. So you can go on and go on. So that is what Moses did. And God sent locusts that ate everything that had life. All the things in the field were eaten by locusts. And remember also, God is saying they were going to enter houses. And this is the same judgment God is, from, is threatening in the days of Joel. In the days of Joel. And the way is Putting it, now I'm back to the book of Joel chapter 5. Awake you drunkards. You see, when the source of wine 
Like banana plantations, sometime back were hit by banana wheat in the West. And I reached home for Christmas 2013, and I found no banana plantations. There are places I had never seen there. So, and the drunkards who used to drink while saying they will only stop drinking when the banana plantations are not there, this time they were stuck. Awake you drunkards and weep. And while you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, it has been cut off from your mouth. Now, look at verse 6 carefully of Joel chapter 1. For a nation has come against my land, stronger and without number. His teeth are like the teeth of a lion, and he has the fags of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. He its branches are made white. God is saying the locusts will come. And in actual sense, he's telling them, whereas you know that normally locusts, they are the ones who come, which, which is possible for them to come. I'm going to use a nation. But this nation will come against the nation of Israel in the form of, with the image, with an expression of locusts, covering, devouring, taking everything. There will be nothing left for the Jews on what to drink and the trees, everything. And it is a nation. These are people, but God is describing them. His teeth are the teeth of a lion. People, these are human beings, but the word of God is telling us, the word of God is telling us, the word of God is telling us that their teeth are like the teeth of a lion, can you imagine? And they are the ones to invade the territory. So I felt we needed to hear the setup. Then God gives the solution in chapter two for this impending danger that is going to be coming with an invading nation, but a nation whose its ways are like a lion. Chapter 2, brought the trumpet in Zion. Brought the, the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the, law of the, for the day of the Lord is coming, for it is at hand. A day of darkness and gloomness, a day of crowds and sick darkness. Let them uh, like the morning crowds spread over the mountains, and people come great and small, like those whom has never been. Nor will there be any such of them, for even for many successful, for even for many successive generations. Now God is bringing another image. In chapter 2, verse 5, he says, a fire devours before them. These particular people are going to invade the nation of Israel. A nation, they, before them, fire devours before them. Fire devours before them. Before them, it is fire. Well, most of us may not have seen the fire. But 
I grew up in the village. So when those years when there was still there were still bushes, the fire would devour hills and hills. So when I read an image like this, I understand what it means for Dubai. Behind them, a frame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them. Meaning when this, this nation, the invading nation comes before them, everything is okay. Like, as good as the Garden of Eden. Not even our own ordinary plantations, but as good as the Garden of Eden. Behind them, a desolate wilderness. A, behind them, a desolate wilderness. Before they come, you have everything okay, like the Garden of Eden. After they leave, desolation. I'm still in the context of the book. I haven't come to the practical reality of how some of our desolations in life work. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, like swift steeds, so they run. With noise like chariots, over mountains they leap, like the noise of a flaming fire that devours the stumble, like a strong people set in battle array. Before them, people risk in pain. These invaders were to bring pain to the people. When they come, everything is okay. After that, pain, pain of no rain, pain of no jobs, pain, pain you can go, pain of the loss of lives, pain of the women that have been raped, desolations whereby some families are completely wiped out, or the people that were stronger and could do things innovative, they are the ones who died now, everything, nobody can even repair the, the remaining house. So that is the level. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. Everyone, everyone marches in formation. They do not break ranks. An organized attack. An organized attack. They don't break in ranks. One of the things I know God is going to do for us this night, for particular individuals, the level of attacks in your life, they have been from organized ranks. The marriage is attacked. The finances are attacked. Relations, family relationships are attacked. Everything you put is attacked because attack is such from organized rank. There is a proper battle formation to run you down. Remember, in this context, it was God having issues with his own people. Verse 12, Sorry, verse, verse 8. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own quorum. Though they plunge between the weapons, they are not cut down. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into houses. They enter at, at the windows like a thief. The earthquakes before them. Because of what is happening, the us, the trembling, the everything, you are amazed. Remember the first time of the lockdown, we would watch Italy and Spain, what was happening to those nations. And literally, it was informing everybody in the nation that that is what is coming. Some God who averted the wrath. 
Now, in verse, verse 12, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart in the midst of this threat. When already the attack is going on like this, God was telling them the solution, the key to unlock your, the key to get out of this lies in, now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, not in pretense. Turn to me with all your heart. With, fast, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, render your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for his gracious and merciful. We are talking about God restoring the years that the locusts ate. And now God is giving us a key. If you have been devoured, you see people's lives cut, being cut short, premature deaths. Everything you come up with, the bank hits it. You, you know you, your head can work. You get a bank loan, you know what to do. And all of a sudden, calamity comes. There is organized devouring in ranks. It means when you are coming to God, okay, let me put this off. Instead of you quarreling either with the bank or the boss who has stacked you from the job or the people, your neighbors who have been letting the animals destroy your crops, no. First, bring your heart to the Lord. There is nothing like proper restoration of years Unless there is, first of all, a restoration of your relationship with your creator. Let me repeat that. There is nothing like restoration. Unless your relationship with your, with your creator is restored first. This is the core. Render your heart, not your garments. The context of those days, people would fast and put on sacros, especially when you read the book of Jonah. But now he's saying, no, the heart. Friends, the state of the heart will determine whether you will be restored or whether you will not be restored. People like Daniel, people like Daniel, Daniel in, in the book of Daniel, you will read the captivity of the children of Israel. When you read Jeremiah chapter 25, was to last for 70 years. In Daniel chapter 9, Daniel is reading books, meaning he read Jeremiah chapter 25. And those were 68 years in captivity. He realizes two years to the his time, his two years to the end of our captivity. He resorts to prayer and fasting and asking God for forgiveness for on his behalf and on behalf of his people. The question would be, but God had promised. How come Daniel is repenting? Yes, what had taken them to captivity had not been addressed spiritually. If what brought you into trouble, what opened you up for attacks has not been addressed as you hasn't been brought to God, if you will long for restoration of the years and you will not see it, that is what will happen to you. So a call to repentance and this repentance is supposed to involve fasting, it is supposed to call a sacred assembly. It is supposed to call a sacred assembly. 
meaning a big gathering of the people, a national matter. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation. The word for sanctification here, set them apart. Prepare them, set them apart in Joshua. God told Joshua. Let's check there. When this was, we are talking about this word sanctify, being set apart. Let's go to the book of Joshua a bit. Joshua chapter, should be chapter three, I think. Let's go there a bit in Joshua. We are talking about being set apart. Uh, Joshua chapter three says, then, then Joshua rose early in the morning. They set out from Akashia Grove and came, I'm in Joshua chapter three, verse one, coming, came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel and rode there before the crossing over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set up from your place and go after it. You shall leave this, you shall, there shall be, yet there shall be space between you and it, about 2,000 units by measure. But do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you should go, for you have not been, you have not passed this way. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Set yourselves apart. Bring repentance. Check the idolatrous objects. Some of them kept among you. Sanctify. Set yourself. Be expectant. Repent. First, repent. Pray. Gather the group of people, but sanctify yourselves. Consecrate a fast. Sanctify yourself. Be ready. Be, in pos be positioned spiritually and mental and physically to receive a restoration from the Lord. The children of Israel in, at this stage in the book of Joshua, they were preparing to cross the river Jordan, to enter the promised land, the desired land they had missed for the last 40 years, what God had promised Abraham over 600 years, around 600 years earlier. So friends, sanctify yourself. The time God is willing to restore, every time is deliverance time, so long as the conditions for deliverance are met. Every time it is deliverance time, so long as the conditions for deliverance are met. So, then he tells them, Verse 17, let the priests who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not let your heritage be, a, be to reproach. That the nations should rule over them. Why should the nations, why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Friends, when you are under reproach, as a child of God, one of the things people begin to ask is like, well, this saved person here in this family, where is their God? It is you who is getting married, you are begging the non-believers who mock God in your family. 
you don't have the money. When there is a budget that something that needs to be taken care of, it is you in hiding because in actual sense, you don't have the money and you are telling them Jesus is powerful. Talking about, talk about your own children. Some people may have lost jobs or even the job you have cannot provide and the children are saying, they are saying, okay, you are talking about this God of yours. Why should I believe him when I cannot go to the school where I qualify to go? All that is going on. I'm still in the book of Joel. I haven't picked many of, many of the examples. Then when the repentance is done, when the repentance is done, this is what follows. Then the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. I don't know whether you know how being reproached works. When you are under a reproach, you will find in the family they are beautiful girls. But in case people want to mention people who don't get married, they will use your family. When you are under a reproach as a family, it is when people want to quote people who begin to build, maybe you do things and they don't finish. They quote you. People who enter marriages and they don't remain in marriages. People who enter marriages and they never see children, they will keep quoting you as a reproach. There will be something to reproach you. People who enter university and they never graduate. All those, they are external marks that indicate that there is a problem with you. But I will remove far from them, from you, sorry, the northern army, and will drive him away into a barren and desolate height with his face toward the eastern sea and his back towards the western sea. His tent will come upon, will come up, and his foil will rise. Because he has done most of us sins, fear not all land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field. For the open pastures are springing up, and the trees bear its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full, 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 full of wheat, and the vats shall, be, shall overflow with new wine. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crowing locusts, the consuming locusts, the chewing locusts, my great army which I sent among you. Now, let us look at the entire process of restoration. I first concentrated in the book of Joel and picked some few maybe from Joshua. Let us look at the process of restoration. Right away from the Garden of Eden, which, God, which the Bible is using as an image here, our relationship with God 
was was broke was blocked when Adam and Eve fell. When Adam and Eve fell, our relationship with God got into trouble, and that relationship needed a restoration. You see. You can talk of restoration of the material world, which is okay, but friends, there is a problem. In case you are restored, in case you are restored materially, and your relationship with God is not restored, you will be restored and you will use the materials, the the words you have received, and you will use it against God. In the book of Romans, in the book of Romans, we are talking about the process of restoration. Now, first, restored relationship with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, since through one man, sorry, just as through one man sin entered the world, death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sin. That is through one man, meaning Adam, people, we all sinned. And that sin brought death. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is the type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like an offense for by the one's man's offense, many died, which more, much more the grace of God, the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound many. So you need num- you need to get to be restored. Your relationship with God should be restored, and this happens only through Jesus Christ. That's what we see here in Romans. Verse 17, if by, by one man's offense death reigned through one, much more, sorry, much more those who receive abundance of grace, of the gift of righteousness, will reign in life through Jesus Christ. So, in restoration, relationship with God first. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in case you are here. What I didn't read in Joel, I heard in chapter two, you realize that then Joel prophesies after the restoration of the, of the agriculture, the economy, the economy is working. He prophet, there is a prophecy about the restore, the, the wonders, the tongues, Friends, when you read Genesis chapter 9, you realize the communication was scattered at the Tower of Babel. The restoration that God gives is total. In Acts chapter 3, we see God, after he had restored people, Jesus died and died and resulted. People were gathered together on the day of Pentecost. We see God restoring the tongues. People could understand each other. God's restoration is total, is spiritual first, then it manifests in the physical. God's restoration, spiritual, 
than physical. Now, I'm going to give an example from the Bible where some people, their ears that were eaten were completely restored. This is possible and true. When God says in his word, I will restore to you the ears, restore us, your relationship with him. Restoration is spiritual before it becomes physical. An example is in 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. 2 Kings chapter 8. I'm going to read because God's word has power. I want to see the restoration that took here. Press here and it was total. 2 Kings chapter 8. Then Elisha spoke from verse 1. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God. She went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it, sorry, it came to pass at the end of seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Then the king talked to his guests, the servant of the man of God saying, tell me please, all the great things Elisha had done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead life that there was a woman whose son had he had restored life, appearing to the king for her house, for her land, and girls said, My Lord, O king, this is the woman. This is her son, whom Elisha restored life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, Restore all that was hers, all and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. This is the woman in chapter 4 of 2 Kings who had built a house for the prophet, who had received the son and at an old age, and she had lost the son, and the son was brought back to life by the prayer of intercession of prophet Elisha. But now there was a situation of a famine that lasted for seven years. When she came back, going to the king to plead for the restoration of her house and her land, just see how God positioned Gehaz. And the Gehaz is telling the stories of the man of God and how God has ministered. And all of a sudden, she's there. And Elijah a girl says she's the one and tells the story. And the king, not only did the king just say, your everything is restored, but appointed an officer to make sure there is the execution of the restoration. The person who is going to handle prayer, I would like you to pray, because, like the way this woman was restored, that there are areas where your restoration, you will need men and women to execute the restoration. 
of recent I learned that when one makes a will, in the will, meaning the person who is dying, should also put a person who should execute the will. So you need to pray that there will be an officer to execute your restoration. Some of it will require angels. Some of it will require angels. God send angels and deal with every obstacle. So friends, restoration is total. God promises it and we see it happening with this woman. God, opposed, God orchestrated the events that Gehaz is there Imagine this woman came saying now, honestly, how will I talk to the king? She arrives there, God has already gone ahead of her. May God go ahead of you and appoint an officer for you who will lead the process of restoration. Some of you, maybe your parents died young and people took away your land and you don't know where to begin from. The Lord promises you this night, he will appoint an officer for you who will help the process of restoration. Some of it is heresy issues. God will restore and repair everything. Because this Shunammite woman experienced getting a, child, a boy at an old age. The boy at some point died and God restored the boy. And then now we see God is restoring and the payment of everything. While even it was family, can you imagine? She didn't experience the pain of the family. But she's yet also to be restored everything. The proceeds, whatever got, house rent was gotten, whatever people used while they were grazing in the land, all that is going to be restored. So you need your relationship with God restored spiritually. Then the physical, the physical restoration begins because without physical, without spiritual restoration, what you get will be again, you will use it against God. You need God to divinely orchestrate the events that in the areas where you need human help sent by God, the it, things will work for the, like for the Shunammite woman. Finally, I want some of the restoration can be soon, like even this night, tell us whatever. Some of it may be a process. I'm going to wind up with this example of Jacob. Jacob, when you read Genesis chapter 28, God promised him to multiply him. He goes to Laban's press. He is cheated because he was also not okay. He, was, he had been a cheat. He was being paid in the same car in his own currency. And God gives him a revelation that helped him. When he comes back, he's in the land of in the land again. His children sell Joseph in Genesis 37. And they come and lie to him. And they come and lie to him. Could this be the this crosses? Could it be for your son? And they weep with him. You can imagine even they, they may have lit the fire to mourn about the death of their brother who has been eaten by the animals. And while they had the money in the pocket, the money that they got from him. Now, um, we are talking about God restoring the eaten years. In Genesis 
chapter 48. In Genesis chapter 48, I want you to see, the, I'm talking about long-term processes of restoration. Genesis chapter 48, Jacob is about to die. And this is what Jacob is saying, Genesis 48. Now it came to pass after these things that Joseph was told, indeed your father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And Jacob was told, look, your son Joseph is coming to you. Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. Then Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply, and I will make you of a multitude of people and give this land to your descendants after you as an everlasting possession. Now, Jacob here is mentioning what he experienced the record that is in Genesis chapter 28. That is a period of 107 years. And he's still remembering the promise and blessed me. And, and now your two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came in, you, in, in Egypt are mine. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. Your offspring whom you beget after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the names of their brothers in their inheritance. But as for me, when I came from Padan Aran, Rachel died before me in the land of Canaan on the way. When there was but a little distance to go to Ephras, I buried her there in the land of Ephras. That is Bethlehem. Then Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, who are these? Joseph said to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, please bring them and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim and Joseph brought them near and kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I had not sought to see your face, but in fact, God has also showed me your offspring. When Jacob was told, when Jacob was told that his son died, he knew it is a gone case. But now he's telling us he had not so expected to see Joseph again, but now he's seeing his offspring. And he's going back and remembering the God who appeared to him as the record of Genesis chapter 28, 107 years later, earlier. So as we talk of restoration for the Shunammite woman, it is seven years. In the book of Joel, it could be, have been a season, but maybe seven, the attack that was going to be averted in 70 years. It could have been a season in the book of Joel, maybe of just a season of six months or 10 months. For some of you, all you have known is loss. I'm involved in the deliverance ministry by the grace of God. I normally ask people, when were you last in your village? The stories mainly are 
when we went to bury the auntie, when we went to bury the mother, when we went to bury the other uncle, you find that few families gather on functions that are life-giving. The Lord speaks to you this night that he is going to restore the wedding song in your compound. The Lord says to you this morning, sorry, this, it is not yet morning. Yes, sorry, it is not yet morning. The Lord speaks to you. is going to restore a wedding song in your compound. There is going to be music for Kuhinjira for giveaway. There is going to be a music for graduation because God is restoring the years that the locusts ate. God is saying to you, you have wept enough like Jacob. Some of you are like, but I'm at the cross of my life. I'm past childbearing. I'm past getting married. What are you saying? No. God gave a promise to Jacob when he was 40. At 147, Jacob was remembering what God told him 107 years earlier. How old are you? The Lord says to you, I'm going to restore to you everything I have, I have promised. Like I restored the Shunammite woman, like I restored Jacob to meet his son Joseph and see the grandchildren. Like the way God has been faithful, hallelujah, the Lord will restore. The Lord will restore hope. Some of it has been hopeless. Everything gets through your hand. The Lord is restoring your broken marriage. The Lord is restoring your broken bones. The Lord is restoring your family broken relationships. Hallelujah. There is somebody here. The Lord is restoring your relationship with your husband. Oh, the Lord is giving you a story that will be recorded in the name of Jesus. I would like us to receive. That's just wherever you are. Begin to receive from the Lord the grace for restoration. God is beginning to do something in your in our lives. The Lord, just begin praying. For you who pray in tongues, you can go ahead and pray. Just pray. Receive from the Lord. The Lord is restoring. Just to receive from the Lord. Rest. I feel somebody here you have not rested for some time. The Lord is restoring you peace and you will begin to rest. Oh, oh Lord my God. The Lord is restoring somebody here. The Lord is restoring somebody to total sleep where you go to your bed and rest over issues. Oh, the Lord is getting you out of those fi- of the financial indebtedness. Oh, Lord, my God. Oh, Lord, my God. Somebody here, you had a broken relationship that was supposed to enter into marriage and it left you with wounds. The Lord is restoring you. The Lord is healing you. Receive from the Lord. The restoration, Father, we receive from you. The restoration of the years that the locusts ate, the chewing locusts, the great locusts, the small locusts. Oh, somebody here, you have been bullied even by your juniors because of the level of devastation. The Lord ends that road. You are the bottom of the pit. The Lord is lifting you out of the bottom of the pit. Somebody here, God is restoring you the way he restored Batamayas. The Bible talks about being blind, but he does, that Batamayas, the Bible does not say he was born blind. It seems he had gotten blind along the way. And when God restored him, he went on the high wall of life with Jesus on the road. Today, somebody here, about two people, three, you are getting back to the high wall of the road for your life and destiny. 
The Lord is removing the dark covering over the cathedral. The Lord is the remove, the Lord is removing the dark covering over the young marriage fellowship. Oh, the Lord is restoring and removing the dark covering of the dark covering over young marriage fellowship in the cathedral. Uh, it's the Lord. God, thank you. Thank you for removing the shade of death over the young marriages. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for removing the spell. Thank you for removing the spell. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for removing the spell over the young marriage fellowship in the cathedral. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, King of Kings. Young marriages who are here, just to receive from the Lord. Receive from the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Somebody here, you have been struggling to make ends meet financially. Every time you are in the loss, you don't know what happened. The Lord stops that today. You enter your realm of abundance. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. God bless you.